Welcome. You're now listening to All Saints Woodford Wells podcast. So Sunday, Sunday, 4th of February, 2024, 7.17 p.m. I, Justin Lau, worship and discipleship your pastor, stand on this red carpeted chancel in All Saints Woodford Wells, a 150-year-old church in Woodford, England. Behind this wooden stand, in front of all of you, living, breathing, speaking, singing, thinking, feeling human beings, who I very much see and sense as we occupy this very set space in this very moment in history. We are present. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being present, because otherwise I'd be preaching to an empty church. But um, I love spending time together in each other's presence, as well as in God's presence. And tonight we continue our Being Human series, where we think about what it means to be human. We've looked at how we've been made in the image of God, and we have significance. And last week, Marcus preached on the importance of connection. Tonight, as you probably have guessed, we're going to be looking at presence. Can you believe that this Thursday just gone, the 1st of February, it's been exactly one year since I came to All Saints. And it's been, it's, been, it's been amazing. I've loved every minute of it. Thank you for your welcome and your care. Um, thank you also for those who supported me last year as I was looking for a place to live. Um, but to get to this point, I had to move down to London from Durham. And then before that, I had to move to the UK from Singapore. And then before that, I had to move from Japan. So it's been a bit of a journey. I think in total, I've moved house about 24 times in four countries. So I look forward now to being able to root myself. You know, especially since I've lived a life of constant uprooting. The number of loved ones I've had to say goodbye to, friends, family, I've lost count because I've had to move or because they've had to move and it never gets easier. Of course, the benefit of such a nomadic life is that I have met so many wonderful people who have impacted my life. But the downside is that relationships rarely last or it's never long enough for you to like meaningfully invest in them, to go deep, to reach a point where I really know you and you really know me. And I don't like that, because being human is all about being part of our common humanity, relating with one another. You know that feeling when you meet someone and you think, oh wow, you think like that? You feel like that? I thought I was the only one. Or the opposite, I've never felt that or thought that before. Tell me more. You know, that's where relationships really begin. I think it's fair to say that in our increasingly globalized world, uprooting and moving around is becoming more and more the norm. You know, whether it's for studies or work or family. And I suspect a number of people here tonight have done exactly that. You've maybe moved to the area, you've joined this church. Now, I do want to acknowledge that All Saints is a very special place where you do have multi-generational families who've been here for ages. And how amazing is that? As someone who doesn't have a hometown, I'm really envious. Like, 
I love the idea of going to the corner shop where they know your name, or you go to the neighborhood pub and they ask, do you want the usual? That just, that excites me. But I'm sure, I'm sure we still all experience some sort of uprooting at some point in our lives, whether ourselves or those close to us. And those life circumstances make it harder to be physically present with each other and connect. We can feel isolated or alienated. You know, we saw that at the height of the pandemic when we couldn't be physically present with each other. But then sometimes, even when we are with others, we can still feel a bit alone, or we feel unseen or unheard. We can be physically present, but not necessarily emotionally or mentally present. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's been exacerbated in this day and age by this. Here's something you might have experienced before. You're talking to someone only to find them checking their phone in the middle of the conversation. And I don't say it to shame anyone, you know, I'm guilty of it myself. But it's not nice, is it? We live in a digital age of so much distraction and short attention spans. We instinctively reach for our phones or switch on the TV when we're bored or have nothing better to do. It's so easy to get lost in the mindless scrolling of Facebook feeds and Insta reels. We're enthralled by figures on the screens more than we are with the figures standing in front of us. And you know what? I don't not get it. Because real life is messy. Relationships are messy. We've all no doubt experienced disappointment with people in real life. So this is the current state of our modern Western world. We live in a globalized world where people move around a lot. And we live in a digital world where people escape a lot. It's harder and harder to be present where we are with those around us. Yet I think deep down, we all know how important it is to be fully present. Think of all the people who've made a positive impact in your life. I bet most of them were people who were present with you. So tonight I want us to look at what the Bible says, as well as look to Jesus and see why it's so important to be present. So the first step to being present is to be confident with who we are. Because we can only be present with our very selves. God created you. You are created in God's image. And that means every human being, no ifs or buts, no however or what about, every human being is worthy of status and value, of dignity. You matter. But when we talk about you, it means every part of you. Not just your soul, but also your body. Your body matters because your body grounds you in reality. We're not just disembodied souls floating in the atmosphere, nor are we avatars in the digital sphere. Your physical reality determines your life experiences, your background, your story. You breathe and walk and talk and live. Now guess who else breathed and walked and talked and lived? Jesus. 
There's no better way to grasp the importance of our physical beings than to look at the incarnation of Jesus or God embodied in the flesh. We just celebrated this at Christmas, didn't we? The eternal God born as a sniveling, crying, pooping baby. Growing up to becoming a brown-skinned, West Asian Jewish man in first century Palestine who did carpentry, he walked the sandy deserts, the grassy hills, who ate and drank and laughed and cried. He wasn't a ghostly spirit floating a foot in the air. He walked the very earth we walk on. I don't know how many of you have seen The Chosen, but watching something that depicts Jesus' life can be quite profound. Jesus was a living, breathing, talking, thinking, feeling being just like us. And when Jesus rose from the dead, again, he wasn't some airy-fairy spirit. He embodied a physical body with nail-pierced hands. We just sang about that. Who appeared in person to hundreds of people. And then he ascended to heaven to pave the way for all of us. And this is the good news. One day we will die, but one day we will rise again. Not as ethereal spirits, but with bodies. And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15. He talks about how we will be raised with heavenly bodies, spiritual bodies. Now we don't know what that will look like, but we know that God will transform and perfect our beings, including our bodies. God's not going to throw them out or put them out for recycling. And this is exemplified in Jesus' resurrection body. The platonic dualism of body and soul is so common in Western thought and philosophy. Um, that's the idea that the soul and spirit is somehow separate and more important than the body. And that's thoroughly unbiblical. We are holistic beings, body, mind, spirit. Every part matters. We can't just do anything we want with our bodies. We have to take care of them. We have to steward them because God has given them to us to breathe and live for the kingdom. Paul says earlier on in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in each one of us. And I think that says something about how serious God takes us, our bodies. He views us as worthy to carry his spirit, his presence. But it's not just about having a body. It's also about having a body in a certain time and place. So let's look at Jesus again, this time at this particular context. I mentioned he was a brown-skinned West Asian Jewish man in first century Palestine. Now, it wasn't an accident that he was born a member of a minority group during the Roman Empire. Palestine fell to Rome in 63 BC, and Rome was the enemy. Rome had total control. Rome was violent and oppressive. And that's why Jesus' message about the kingdom was so radical, was so controversial, was so countercultural. 
In the face of an empire who exercised brute force, Jesus didn't come to lead a violent rebellion, which many were hoping to. Instead, he preached a kingdom that included the poor, the weak, the marginalized. His was an upside-down kingdom, where the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Jesus' context shaped his story and his message. Have you ever thought about how your context shapes your story and the message of Christ that you carry? Growing up, I always felt on the margins. I had very low self-esteem. But over time, I've learned that that has actually equipped me with a heart for those who are marginalized, especially those ethnically and culturally, and to want to champion them as beloved children of God. God won't waste our experiences. Don't let anyone disdain or disregard your story. Because God can take all the positives and negatives and use them for good. God redeems. You know, maybe you come from a family that showed real hospitality and generosity, and that is so great. Demonstrate that to others. But maybe you come from a family that was broken. God can still use that to comfort those who are going through similar situations. Know your stories and own them. Allow God to redeem them and then redeem through them. Our bodies and contexts are important because they shape who we have been, who we are, and who we will be for eternity. But being present isn't just about being confident in who we are. Being present is also to step fully into relationship with one another. Society might tell us we can find fulfillment in ourselves. You know, we can remake or redefine ourselves, adopt various identities. We can self-actualize ourselves. So buy this self-help book or subscribe to that program. But our ultimate identity is in Christ, and that is being part of God's family. And we can only find true purpose and meaning in relationship with God and with others. So you matter, yes, but we matter together. Our bodies, our backgrounds, our stories, our life experiences, they matter because we need each other. We learn from each other how to love God better and how to love others better. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about the body of Christ, how we all belong to one another with Jesus as our head. And no member is indispensable. We work together for God's kingdom and each other's good. I do find it fascinating that Paul's analogy for the body of Christ is a physical body with ears and eyes and feet as well. And I think, again, that's a sign of the importance of the bodies that God has given us. So being present is being relational. And that requires us to be open and vulnerable, humble and teachable. And that is hard. It's hard work. It takes so much time. But it's only in relationship that we grow in our gifts 
and fruit. Remember, the primary purpose of spiritual gifts is to build each other up. We prophesy, we pray, we encourage for the building up of the church. And the fruits of the Spirit, too. We need each other. How else do you grow in patience unless you have someone try it? It's hard and it's risky because we can get hurt and offended and disappointed. Relationships are messy and we are messy. But the church is important. And gathering together as the people of God is so important. The writer of Hebrews exhorts us to consider how we may spur one another on in love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as, in the habit of some, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, throughout my life, I have been tremendously hurt by people in church. Church is not perfect. And it never will be on earth. But church is not a gathering of perfect people. Church is a gathering of broken people in need of healing and restoration. And recognizing that that healing and restoration can only come from the God of healing and restoration, not of our own accord or willpower. And in the messiness of life and relationships, we still gather because we trust that God's ability to redeem and restore is greater than our ability to mess things up. And only together can we grow and reach full maturity in Christ. Have you ever thought about how present, being present with one another is also super physical? It involves all of our senses. Here's a quote from my friend Andy Byers, which I love. He says, Hear the gospel. Look to the cross. Feel the embrace of brothers and sisters. Smell the aroma of bread broken and taste the sweet wetness of wine outpoured. Preach and baptize. Exercise spiritual gifts. Practice spiritual disciplines that poise our senses before God. Maybe you've not been able to be fully present in the place because of life circumstances beyond your control. But I want you to know you will always be part of God's family and you will always be rooted in Christ no matter where you end up. But it's not just each other we need. God's presence is so key. It's all meaningless if we aren't rooted in God's perfect presence. Yes, we can all experience God's presence on our own, but it's most powerful when we gather together. Jesus said in Matthew 18, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. God is here, right here, right now, with us. And God is welcome. God is home. God is belonging. God is the place of refuge. 
God doesn't get distracted by his phone when we're talking to him. Thank God. God is present with us always. And when we experience God's presence, we experience a little of heaven on earth. I'm going to read Psalm 27, verses 4 to 8. Um, And as I was reading this, I was thinking this should really be our prayer and heart posture. It says this. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. And your face, Lord, I will seek. We need God's presence to experience it, to be aware of it day by day. But we're also not called to be an exclusive club that huddles together, feel good on a Sunday, then walk out those church doors. There's a broken world in need of more of God's presence and kingdom, in need of more people who are willing to be fully present, determined to share God's love and joy and peace with those who need it the most. But what if we don't even fully like where we're at or the people we're with? What if we don't even know if we're in the right place? I spent my entire 20s wondering where God wanted me to be year on year. Was I supposed to be in Japan doing mission or in the UK studying? And then was I supposed to be working in Durham or in London? But I soon came to realize the most important thing The thing that helped me continue to be where I was, no matter how hard it got, was God's presence. Staying in God's presence, abiding in him, as Jesus encourages us in John 15, often served this confirmation that I was where I was supposed to be in that particular season. God's presence was a promise that he would never leave nor forsake me. He would always be by my side, guiding me, protecting me, leading me. Has anyone heard of the prayer of examen? It's a reflective prayer that you can do at the end of the day, a guided prayer. You think about what happened, whom you met in the day, what you're grateful for, you know, what you need to repent of. And one of the questions it asks is, where did you sense God's presence today? Where did you sense God's presence today? And I love that. Because it doesn't matter where you're at, that question is always relevant. Whether you chose to be in a certain place, or you find yourself in a place beyond your control, the one thing you can always do is seek God's presence. Seek God's face. Dwell in the house of the Lord. The sense of God's presence with us provides a grounding, a rooting that nothing or no one else can give. And like I mentioned earlier, nothing's ever wasted. God is a God who redeems every situation, no matter how bad or sad or dire it seems. It means that even if you're in a place you might not like, 
or you're questioning if you're in the right place, God can always work in you and through you for his kingdom. It's up to us to partner with God, to carry his presence with us and bring his kingdom wherever we're at. Yes, on church on Sundays, but most of the week we're not in church. We're in society, we're in our homes, our schools, our workplaces. How do we be Jesus to them? How do we carry God's presence and kingdom so they experience God's goodness through us? And that requires us being fully present with them because they are also made in God's image and their whole being matters too. And God is calling them back into relationship with him. And often that happens through us. So a good question to ask God is, where have you placed me? What spaces? What people? And why have you placed me there? What is your intention for my life and the lives of those around me in this current season? What sort of influence do you want me to have on my surroundings? Because if God is in the business of restoring all things, healing all things, redeeming all things, then we need to join in with that. We need to join in with God's mission. And you know what? Where you are could change one day. God might lead you to a different place with different people in a different season, and that's okay. But it's up to us, firstly, to continue to stay in God's presence because that's where we find life. And secondly, to look at our surroundings and ask God to help us be present to others so they can also experience God's presence. I started my sermon half-jokingly naming today's date, time, location, but it's important. It's important that we've gathered here tonight. It's significant. We are present because God is present with us. We learn how to be present by looking to Jesus who came to be present with us. And we remain present by abiding in the presence of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And all working together to bring God's kingdom on earth. So let's be present where we are with all that we are with those we are with. Could I please ask the bands to come up? I've got a couple of questions to reflect on. Maybe if you'd like to stand. Get into a posture that helps you be open to what the Lord might be saying to you, what the Spirit is doing. Who is God placing on your heart and mind? Maybe it's someone you know you should reach out to, but you've been putting it off. Maybe it's someone you need to reconcile with because it's been niggling at you. Maybe it's someone who you have a word of encouragement for. Who is God bringing to mind? and placing on your heart right now? And what does God want you to do about it?
Thank you, Lord. As we continue to worship and respond, I felt like maybe some of you need more of God's presence in your life. Maybe you feel dry or barren, or maybe you're going through a really difficult season. Let's ask God to fill us up again. We can ask our Father, how much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Maybe you need to feel more confident about who God's made you to be. Maybe you feel embarrassed and you feel even ashamed of who you are. God calls you his beloved child and he is pleased with you. He doesn't just love you, he likes you. Or maybe you know it's good to be in relationship and community, but you've been hurt by others. Maybe you're struggling to trust or let go. Maybe it's even the church. I believe God wants to bring healing and restoration. Might even be leading some of you to forgive. Will you respond? If any of those, or if you like prayer about anything at all, do start coming to the front and the prayer ministry team will come alongside and stand with you in prayer. Continue to respond to what God's doing in your heart your mind. We thank you, Lord.